0: You're listening to The Digital Advisor, where agents and advisors come to get marketing, branding, and SEO strategies that help build their book, brand, and authority. This show is brought to you by Advisor Evolved, the all-new digital marketing solution built specifically for insurance agents and financial advisors. Get more show episodes and information about our platform over at advisorevolved.com. And don't forget to subscribe to and rate our show in iTunes and Stitcher. Now on to today's show. Hey guys, Chris Landry here with Advisor Evolved and welcome to episode seven of the Digital Advisor podcast. On today's episode, we're featuring special guest, he's been on the show before, Mr. Ryan Hanley. Ryan is the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Trusted Choice, And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a number of different things, including SEO, marketing, lead generation, and pay-per-click advertising, as well as a pretty cool announcement towards the end of the episode. So uh, as always, this episode and and the other ones can be found over on our podcast page, which is advisorevolve.com forward slash podcast. And as we said in the intro, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play and SoundCloud as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Chris Langell with the uh, Digital Advisor Podcast. If you're not familiar with the show, uh, we talk about pretty much all things as it relates to digital marketing for independent insurance agencies and financial advisors. And really, a lot of the stuff we talk about can be applied to any business. Um, And so the show is brought to you by AdvisorEvolved.com, which we specialize in uh, SEO and mobile-optimized websites for uh, insurance agencies and, and wealth managers. And uh, today I'm really pumped to have on the show with us a friend of mine, an industry uh, colleague, uh, Mr. Ryan Hanley. I'm sure you all are very familiar with Ryan. Uh, by this point in time, uh, Ryan is the, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you've you like changed roles a couple of times at Trusted Choice. So you're now what, the VP of Marketing or? Senior Vice President of Marketing. Woo! senior vp okay so senior vp of of marketing at trusted choice so uh you obviously don't get to that point uh in such a large organization unless you really know what you're talking about so and what you're doing so i'm glad to have you on the show man and today what i wanted to hit on is a couple things number one we have a cool little announcement that will come towards the end of the show so anybody who's listening to this um stick around because it's it's a pretty cool thing that we have going on um, but the main thing I wanted to talk about really is, you know, we we talk about SEO and we talk about pay per click and Facebook ads and social media marketing and email marketing. We talk about all these all these things uh, when it comes to marketing and insurance agencies sort of building their their digital footprint and automating things. And you know, I think the end goal with that process and those strategies is to get premium on your books, right? Uh, that's what insurance agencies do that for the unfortunate reality is that you know there's a lot of people out there saying um hey mr insurance agency you need to do this you need to do that this you know you need to do this but uh there's not a lot of implementation going on with those things and so uh, a lot of people are missing the boats the reason why you know you've heard other people say that our industry is 10 years behind the curve when it comes to digital marketing um it might actually be further behind than that but um so today we're going to talk about a little bit about leads, online leads, and sort of how you can augment some of your other digital strategies that you might not even be, have implemented, or there might they might not be working for you because you simply don't have the manpower or technical chops, or you don't want to spend the money to hire out uh, to a third party company, which can honestly be—I don't blame you—it can be uh, somewhat of a nightmare if you hire the wrong company. Uh, but we're talking about online leads, and really, you know. Um, you know the whole point of SEO and PPC is to get premium on the books, and if you're not willing to do the things to to make those things work correctly for your agency, there's other ways to get premium leads, buying books of business, those types of things. So, um, so dude, that's what I kind of want to talk to you about. And you know, m- me and you are both sort of I don't want to say guilty of this, but we, you know, when I say me and you, I mean Advisory Evolved and Agency Nation. You know, we we we're both very active when it comes to blogging and the podcast. And one of the things we both talk a lot about is uh, SEO. And I think in in many ways, obviously, it's very important. It's uh, it's extremely important. The reality is is that a lot of agencies, they're not doing it right. And they probably, they, they may never do it right. Because again, they don't want to spend the time or money to do it. And I get that. Um, but it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a buzzword that really, I think, resonates with a lot of agencies. Because you know, when we talk about SEO, it's it's an easy way, right, for for people to like read our article or like look at what we're talking about because everybody knows they need SEO. I get this question all the time, like Chris. I know you do websites, but like, what about the SEO part? And you know, you and I both know that SEO is is, is content and it's backlinks. Like that is how that is long term SEO success. There's quick things, you know, small things you can do, directory listings, miles, local stuff like that. But in the long, the long sum game of SEO is content creation, which most agencies don't do, which leads to backlinks. You can't get a backlink without creating content. So, um, so I want to talk about leads, and I feel like I'm kind of like you know, I'm going crazy here. But I know you probably have some like statistics and stuff that you can tell us about, like you know, the trusted choice model and how you guys deliver leads and help people like grow their book. Like you know, what can you I guess add to that um, to that point or speak on that.
1: That was an amazing,
0: an that was amazing
1: a introductory <laughs> diatribe. I, I mean fantastic. You just know the long, that was a long intro. <laughs> you were rolling. <Really>? <laughs> I get crazy um, sometimes, man. <laughs> no I, so okay. So let's 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 unpack this idea a little bit that we're talking about here. Um, SEO or search engine optimization is probably one of the most widely, it's probably one of the terms that agents are the most widely aware of in terms of something that's involved in digital marketing and that probably is important. And it's also probably one of the most misunderstood terms uh, when it comes to how it actually works, what the impact is, the timeline, the effort, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, before we get into... Um, some of the more complex topics that you brought up. Uh, let's just start with SEO in general. Um, why you hear, why agents hear so much about search, why I you know I write about search, why you write about search, why it's so important, there's so many others that do as well is because uh, it's an incredibly powerful tool when utilized properly. It focuses on uh, it's an intent based marketing, tactic. So by intent-based, I mean, you are creating a resource that is meant to capture insurance buyers when they have intent to buy, not flashing an ad in front of them, Not uh, it's not engagement marketing where you do on social, where you're reaching out to someone and starting conversations. Uh, it's not interruption marketing, which would be throwing a banner ad on the New York Times. Um, this is intent-based marketing. So I, as a consumer, uh, I get my auto renewal in the mail. Uh, In this case, let's say it's from a State Farm agent. And I see that my premium has gone up for the third year in a row. And I haven't received a phone call from my agent. And I say, you know what? Even though I may have been happy with them, uh, I'm unhappy with the service I'm I'm receiving. Uh, I'm going to see what other options are available. Uh, And I live in Albany, New York. So I'd say, um, uh, best home insurance, Albany. Enter into Google. And if your website is properly optimized and you're in the Albany area and you serve homeowners insurance, the goal is to have your site be towards the top of the first page for that search because you as an insurance agent, you write homeowners insurance in the Albany area. So that homeowner has that that homeowner that insurance buyer has intent they they actually took the time to open up a web browser to type keywords into google to hit enter and then to scroll through the search results they are action oriented they are in the process of searching for a provider and if your website shows and they click on it and then this is you know there's there's so much to search beyond just showing up in search results then they click on it and they find a page that actually makes sense to them. It, it speaks to them as an Albany uh, area represent or an Albany area resident. It speaks to them in, 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 in uh, terms uh, of homeowner's insurance, right? That's what they search for. So it, it gives them a good feel for the agent. It tells them who they are, what they, what they believe. I mean, th- we can unpack all these things if you want, but um, they hit that page and they go, wow, um, this looks like a really good option. I'm going to give them a call and they pick up the phone or maybe they email or or what have you. Uh, And now you as the agent, you have the opportunity to write that business. Search can't close the business for you, but it can provide you with an incredibly warm lead from someone who is actively searching for a new insurance provider. That is why SEO is important and why, why I believe it's so powerful is because versus interruption marketing, which is. I'm going to blast this ad to a million people and hopefully 10,000 of them are stupid enough to click on it. And then a thousand of those actually take the time to look through my website and not just hit the back button. And 10 of those people, 10 of those people actually are interested in home insurance and pick up the phone, right? But you had to do a million ad placements. You had to interrupt all these people, spend all this money to get that, just to get those 10. I mean, those figures aren't exactly accurate, but it gives you an idea of what you're going to get you got a million impressions and got 10 leads from it that that would probably be a decent number um uh, search is that person is going for you so that's the opposite you're interrupting someone searches they're coming to you because they have they have that action and the idea is done right people are already sold by the time they pick up the phone right so they've they've done their research You know, because your search isn't just optimizing your website. It's optimizing your Facebook profile. It's optimizing your Twitter profile, your LinkedIn page. Um, It's having written for other resources. I mean, you get kind of deep. But the, the crux of this idea is I want to capture you insurance buyer when you're ready. I'm not interrupting your life because I want you. I'm saying once you're ready, I want you to believe that I'm the guy for you. And then that sale closes like that. That's why search is so important. But as you heard and unpacking that whole thing, there's a lot to it besides just a few keywords on a page.
0: Yeah. And if I could add something to that, you know, obviously it's very important. And here's the thing, like, um, you know, we both have been in a marketing game for a while now, which we just somehow happen to be in the insurance space in between. Um, I, you know, I've talked to and consulted with some pretty big marketing firms, um, digital marketing firms. And I personally know a couple of very good uh, SEO guys or you know whatever you want to call them gurus. and the the downside of SEO and what a lot of people don't realize, right and and what you said is all correct, you know it's intent based marketing. The thing that a lot of people I think would be surprised by is that <clears throat> this the search volume is what is really a cap of SEO, right? So um, you could do all those things, right? You could have, you know, your on-page could be perfect. Your your meta description could be perfect. Your title tags, all you know, your alt descriptions and the images, like all that stuff could be great. The article could be 5,000 words long, power-packed with content and graphics and infographics and blah 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 blah. <clears throat> the reality is, is is you can do all that and still fall basically fall flat on your face because there might only be 20, 30, 40 searches a month for that phrase, which all those queries are then divided by the number of other websites on the first page of Google. So if there's 10 results in, you know, on the first page, 10 sites, well, 40 divided by 10, right? Like people are not just clicking on the very first result, they're clicking on the third, fourth, fifth, maybe going down to the bottom, the, you know, obviously the, the ones that are higher up, you know, a higher percentage of click through. But the point I'm trying to make is that the downside of SEO and really why, you know, I tell people all the time, You may not want to hire an SEO firm because you can spend thousands of dollars, right? And doing all these things and creating content and doing all this. But if there's not search volume for what you're trying to rank for, then it's, you know, you're going to be, you're not going to get any traffic, which is why I tell a lot of people, buy your traffic, you know, buy your leads, pay-per-click, you know, you're buying traffic. And that's what a lot of big boys do. Like if you look in search, you know... At the local level, an independent agency can probably outrank a Geico or Progressive or State Farm. I see it all the time, right? Um, when you're trying to rank for a very competitive headword like car insurance Texas, of course you're not going to be able to make any progress with that because Allstate, Geico, whoever they have a, they have a grip on that, right? Um, but the one thing that the one thing that you'll see and that's sort of the the common denominator between all these companies is that they're all buying ads, right? So like the, the the point here is, is that, you know, you have to have a, a combination of intent based as well as interruption based marketing. Um, and so that's one, one thing, maybe a point that I would like to get across to people is that, you know, SEO has limitations, it's important. Um, and any other kind of marketing has limitations. I mean, marketing is not a guarantee, right? Like it's marketing. Um, but, the you know, I, I was doing some research for a site, right? We did, we did a site for uh, Claudia McLean and uh, she has a couple different domains. We did like a little niche site for earthquake insurance, right? And, you know, I'm doing some SEO stuff and some keyword research for her and, and kind of going back and forth. And I, I kind of showed her the numbers and I said, here's how many, you know, queries this term is getting. And it was like less than 50 a month for yeah. the phrase that she was trying to rank for. And she was like, I can't believe it's that low. So, you know, naturally, I don't just use one source. You know, I have four or five different softwares that I use to do that. Um, and the average search volume was right around like 45 to 50 per month, which again is being divided by the number of uh, websites on the first page or the first five, six results. So, yeah. out of those 50 queries, you may, you may only get four, three or four click throughs to your site. So that is the limitation of SEO, and why I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, the leads game, and you know, uh, we could talk about buying books of business. That's probably a whole other conversation for another day. But um, I guess the point I'm trying to make: SEO is obviously very important. You have to do it. Um, you can have great success at the local level, but just understand that, you know, a, any agency that's listening to this right now, be careful if you hire somebody, right? Because a lot of the stuff that um, that you can do, you you don't really need to have a you know a master's degree in SEO to do some of this stuff. It's not it's not uh, brain surgery, right? To like optimize a blog post, it might be hard to write the blog post. You might have to find some time to do that, but um, you know, I guess the point I'm trying to make is SEO is not the end all be all for lead generation. It's only one source of traffic to your website, right? Yeah. So,
1: no, hundred
0: percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I'm all about um, so, so one of the things that I've said for a long time and um, I've probably done geez, close to a hundred presentations in the insurance industry over the last few years uh, around um, digital marketing and content marketing. And um, you know, whenever I'm asked the question about pay-per-click advertising, I always say, if you want to write business tomorrow, the most effective and efficient way to do that is to find someone who is good at pay-per-click advertising. Again, you have some to find someone who pay-per-click advertising is like a specialty, right? Um, mm-hmm. if this is if this is baseball, this is the left-handed reliever who comes in to strike out the number four hitter, right? Yep. This is this is that expert. This is what they do. If you have catch-all digital marketing guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to do some of this, I'm going to do some social for you. Yeah, we'll do some PPC. You're going to waste your money. Waste your money. It is. Yep. It, it took us four tries at trustedchoice.com to find the firm that we ultimately settled on who's doing a fantastic job for us and we we hold their feet to the fire too. You know, it's not set and forget it by any means. I mean, you gotta find someone, this is what they do. They have to be active, they have to be testing things. If they're not coming in with different varieties of keywords, like um, you know, I'm not gonna give away the Kool-Aid here because this is what I do for a living. But we just found <laughs> we just found a term that if we use the same language, except we changed one term in the ad it increased our conversion rate by 7%. So just changing one word. But if yep. you're just like, but you wouldn't have thought, and, and again, the way this scenario plays out is you wouldn't have thought about it that way, but we're like, you're constantly tweaking. Well, what if we try this word? What if we try this word? What if we say it this way? What if we, you know, what if we remove a period? What if we add a question mark? What if we add an exclamation point? I mean, all these things have to constantly be tested in order for it to be effective. But I'll tell you, once you dial in on it, um, and again, none of that stuff is terribly complex. It's just work. And someone has to know what they're doing. Um, once you dial in on it, then it becomes a cash machine, right? We, we, I, think we, I think part of the issue here, and, and uh, not to pontificate any, but um, I think a lot of agents, especially old, very successful old school agents, like to believe that selling insurance is like this art, right? Like, don't mess with my art, you know, just give me across the table from someone and I'll sell them. And it's like, no, it's a freaking numbers game. This has always yep. been a numbers game, right? When I was brought into the industry and I was a hack salesman who barely could tell us one a story about uninsured motorist coverage, right? Like, um, you know, it was I had to get 10 people in front of me to make a sale. And then as I got better and I got better and I tweaked and I tweaked my stories, and I would I would literally just sit outside my father-in-law's office and, and steal his stories and tell those same stories to my clients. And like, then it took seven clients to get a sale. Then it took four appointments, five. And then, then it was like every personalized person that came in, I was selling. I just knew it. I just knew if I told these seven stories in this way, with this language, I was going to sell that person. And it's the same way with pay-per-click advertising, right? When you first start, you are going to lose money. But then as you get better and better and better and better and better, it becomes a margin game. And you just look, if I spend, it takes me three pay-per-click leads to sell one and it costs me $20 a lead. So if I told you. You give me 60 bucks and I'll give you back 150 on that home and auto package that you just wrote. Would you do that? today, I'm gonna walk up to you, Chris. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna you hand me 60, I'm gonna hand you back 150 in a month. You'd go, right. Okay. Oh, that's cool with me. That's all yep. pay-per-click is. It's a margin game. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's the that's the other part of this, is like, you know, I think to a large degree, right. You know, especially some of the older agents, like you said, who built their business, kissing babies and telling stories and all that good stuff. Right. Is, you know, a lot of, a lot of, and this is not just, I don't want to pick on insurance agents. This goes for any small business owner is that most of them, they don't want to spend money to make money. And, and even if it's like, it's not that they don't want to, it's not that they don't want to, they don't need to. So a lot of well, the stuff they, that we're talking they think about, they, they think they think they don't need to.
1: Well, so, okay. So there's a couple of things at play here, right? Cause I want to dive into this. This is, this is really interesting stuff. So when I said, um, you know, so you said o- older agents, um, I, I would say it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily matter how old you are, how long you've been in the industry. It matters how hungry you are, right? If you've been in the business for five years and you're making 300 K in personal income, and that's what you want to be happy, you're not hungry anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. God bless you, right? Like go have fun, take your family on vacation, get a golf club membership. You've hit the lotto. Great. But if you're not going to be hungry until you've hit 500,000, I think the message that both of us try to convey every day is that to do it the way it used to be done, you you, or you, you can't as efficiently do it today as the way it was done 15, 20 years ago, Right. And there's nothing wrong with the way books business were built 20 years ago. Referrals, pounding the streets, all that relationship stuff. I mean, that stuff worked then one because the internet didn't exist. It's the it, it was the modern it was the mo- it was the marketplace of the day and they did the things they needed to do to be successful because in that day they weren't happy with making 75k in personal income. They wanted 300,000. So they're going to the networking events and asking for referrals and all that stuff. Well, today what I'm telling you is that you can go to as many networking events as you want and unless those networking events are with extremely large commercial clients you are not going to be able to pull enough business out through referrals alone to grow your business on anything other than a slightly linear scale. If you're, you know, and it, which which also may be fine to you, but if you're looking for if you're looking for rapid growth, you're looking to take your your agency from here and get it to here you can't do that through referrals alone today. There's too much competition. There's too, um, there's too many opportunities for someone to be pulled away. It's harder to build fences around your clients. And in order to do that, you, you have to use tools like pay-per-click, like SEO, like digital marketing, and mix those with all the stuff that you've you've always done. Um, I mean, I don't blast radio. I don't blast billboards. I, you know what I mean? There's a billboard like a mile down the street from my wife's agency It's, 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 it's way overpriced, but we've looked at it like three or four times, like to say, it's a mile from our agency. Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. I want people driving by this agency every single day to see a big, huge sign talking about our agency, right? I I don't think versus where it is, you know, we've just, the value proposition was never there for us, but if it was a little more reasonably priced, I would have bought that thing in a second. I'm not against billboards. I'm against whatever works, but today it's a much broader mixture than it was 20 years ago. There's just and digital and online have to be a part of it.
0: Have to. No question. Yeah, I, I talk to people a lot about that. You know, it's the digital part of this, right? Again, like you said, the internet didn't exist back then. <clears throat> the digital the digital game, you know, when you talk about some of the statistics, right? 90% of every purchasing cycles begin all, online. Um, that means basically that your digital footprint is really the front end, right, of your funnel. It's the front end, it's the first impression that someone's going to make, whether it be your your website or your Facebook page or whatever else is out there on you or your your business online, a LinkedIn profile, whatever. <clears throat> you know your digital your digital footprint is the front door to your your business, and it's where the first you know the first uh, experience is sort of had uh, on the client. So, <clears throat> um, again, it's another reason why it's like a lot of agencies, I think, and business owners alike, they focus on the back end. They focus on. know the physical building and like processes internally and stuff which you know that's all important but they're completely ignoring the the front end of their business it's almost like opening up an insurance agency in you know downtown manhattan right where there's uh you know four a hundred thousand people a day walking by it's like building a, a, a building and then but not putting any windows or doors on it right like you have this location but no one can see inside no one can come inside you're only worried about the inside. Like you need to be worried about the outside. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hit you which with of, idea here. I'm hit you with that. Yeah. I
1: when we really break it down, there's there's two main there's two main things that I think are 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 the reason for the lag. Um, the first is that our industry is filled with technicians, incredibly smart people who under who's who were taught and brought up through this industry as the most important thing to growing your business is being really good at insurance. Okay. Being really good at insurance because there was no way for the public to know anything about the industry. We were the absolute gatekeepers to the knowledge of what we did. The idea of, uh, or the idea that there were exclusions on a policy, the only people who knew those exclusions were us, right? There was no way of distributing that information out and no one read the policy forms and People had to come to us. So we, we had to be incredible technicians to do this business. Well, we've, the, the, all that content is now available online. It's been broken down a thousand times by a thousand different uh, media organizations to, to break down what uninsured motorist is, right? Just to keep that example going. So maybe they don't understand all the technical side of it, but they get the gist of what underinsured motorist is if they're really interested. So today, today's insurance agent definitely has to be a technician. You definitely have to understand it. But success today because of the onslaught of directs and captives and now all this insure tech stuff where you have P2P and you know, 56% of all insurance startups uh, are attacking the marketing and distribution side of our business. I mean, they, they know that this is our weak spot because we as an industry on, a, on, a, on an everyday level, that obviously there's exceptions, we do not think of ourselves as business people. We think of ourselves as insurance agents, and I feel like that is a fatal flaw in the in the model of what we build. Is that I'm an insurance agent. You're not an insurance agent if you're the principal. You're a business owner first. You may have insurance agents who work for you, but you're a business owner, which means things like, you know, not moving on e-signature, not making sure you have an updated website, uh, not having an email an email system, not even an email marketing system, but just like having Outlook or something, uh, having an agency management system that runs off, you know, have an Excel spreadsheet as your agency management system. I mean, these are things that still take place today. And if, if it's what's happening in your agency, these are the reasons why things aren't going maybe the way you want, because you're not viewing your business as a business person. You're, you're thinking, I'm an insurance agent. I write insurance. That's what I do. And all that other stuff is just stuff I have to take care of. And the agencies who make it to this next level and survive the tumult of today are the agencies that are are putting on, I'm a business owner, and I occasionally have to sell insurance. But what I do on a day-to-day basis is make sure a human being is picking up my phone, that my agency management system is humming, and that my my uh, staff is using more than 10% of it, right? That we're, we're efficiently using our agency management system that we're hooked in with an email marketing system that we understand where our leads are coming from, that we understand what our close ratio is that we, you know what I mean? That we have, uh, we're starting to build out niche marketing programs and, and, and expertise inside of niches. And these are the things I think that the agencies who, Who are run by business people, by men and women who really look at themselves as business people first, insurance agents second. I think that's a defining characteristic. Um, You and I know a lot of examples of this. Um, uh, Shane uh, Shane Eastman and Nick Ayers out at I eighty. Aaron Nutting is another great example. Um, uh, Even that crazy ass Jason Cass, right? I mean, (laughs) and I'm joking. He's a he's mutual (laughs) friend of both of ours. But uh, you know, I mean, I mean, these people. They they view themselves as business people first, insurance agent second. It doesn't mean that they are not as good at insurance as anyone else. It's just a flip in the mindset.
0: Yeah, and you know the other the other thing too, and those are great points. The other thing too is, you know, as a business owner, right? Like, and, and I see this a lot in the insurance spaces. People or or business owners confusing a operational expense with with a marketing expense, and, and vice versa. Like, you know, for example, you know your electric bill, operational expense, your agency management system, operational expense. People look at their website as a marketing, no, it's not a marketing expense. Like it's a cost of doing business. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to just like, you know, obviously I'm in the website business, but I'm not just saying that for that purpose. But, um, you know, I I had a conversation the other day with an agency owner in California. And I said, you know, imagine yourself, right? Walking out uh, on the show, Shark Tank, right? You're walking out and and the sharks are sitting there and you're pitching your agency to them. You're trying to sell your agency to them. And they're, they're just picking you apart on every front. Okay. Do you have a modern website? No. Okay. Well like I'm out, you know, like you know how the the sharks operate, right? Like even if you have a great idea and you're executing it, they'll still, they'll they'll still bail on you, right? Like they're in it to make a profit. And so I, I told this guy like approach your agency as if you were a shark, like look at it from the outside and, you know, whatever you're not doing right, like, y- you know, you know what you're not doing, right? And it's just a matter of making the time to fix it, you know, but yeah, I see that all the time, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and I, I think, uh, you know, I think you bring, you bring up a good point looking at it from the outside. I, I think one of the things that people get uh, very, I think the hard one, a hard part about this and talking to as many people as I have is. Uh, they get overwhelmed by it, right? It sounds like, you know, we're, we're talking very fast and a lot of ideas, and obviously this is what we think about every day. So, uh, you know, it's, it's on our brains. Um, I would say that this can be a year-long thing. It can be a three-year-long thing. Really, what you think about is it's an everyday thing, and you take little tiny pieces of it, right? It took me three years to get the Murray Group website to a place where we were cranking referrals, right? Or cranking inbound leads. Like it, it, we were getting one when I first started two a month, a month. And then all of a sudden it was four a month. And then six months later it was 15 a month. And three years later, the month that I uh, eventually left uh, the Murray group and moved on to to the opportunity I'm at now, um, we did 89 inbound leads, 89, for just a single location, 15 person you know, agency in upstate New York, surrounded by competition. There is no denser place in the country in terms of um, per square mile independent insurance agencies than where I'm sitting right here. Um, you know, it, and, and we did that over the course of three years. So none of what we're saying is, is a tomorrow thing. Now, if you want it to be a tomorrow thing, you have to use paid ads. So I used SEO just because Convincing, you know, my father in law that that SEO would work was enough of a sell. Going after pay per click at that time w- probably wouldn't have been a sell. Plus, I didn't understand as well as I do today. But um, I would say just just bite off little tiny chunks. So, you know, take a five hundred dollar budget a month and say I'm going to put this at PPC for six months. Five hundred bucks for six months. So, okay, three grand. I'm going to take three grand and do a test, and I'm going to track every piece of inbound business I get. And if at the end of that, I haven't produced a positive ROI on pay-per-click after six-month test, 500 bucks a month, going after home insurance, let's say, so you don't blow it all with an auto, if you can't produce that, screw it, move on, doesn't work, no problem. But if you haven't done that kind of test, then you're not giving, you're not really giving your agency a chance, because I think what you would find, especially if you hooked up with somebody good who knew what pay-per-click was and, and how to really operate it, um is you've, you, you'd see at the end a positive ROI. And essentially what you'd say is, okay, how much did I make? Well, I made 5,500 in first year commissions uh, from a $3,000 spend. And then it's just a business decision. Would you pay me three grand if I gave you back 5,500? Would you, would you be into that? And that's that's year one. And if the answer is yep. yes, then keep cranking. But if the answer is no, then hey, no problem. But it becomes a margin game and it's a business decision. We are making a lot of decisions based on feel. I feel like this doesn't work. I feel like this doesn't work. I've heard from a friend of a friend, you know, that, that, that
0: this doesn't work. Well, have you tested it? No. Okay. Then then you don't really know. Yeah. The other part of it too, right? Is that, you know, and I know we're coming up on time, but is, you know, if you do, if you do look at pay-per-click, right, or SEO or whatever you're doing, however you're buying business, you think, think of the second, the second level Income from from the transaction, right? So, like you say, three thousand for for fifty five hundred. Well, the fifty five hundred is just first year commission. You know, we haven't even talked about the renewals that you'll make on that and referral business that you'll get from that initial investment. So, uh, dude, don't get me th-
1: started on the the agents, the, the blindness to to yeah. to uh, renewal income.
0: Uh, exactly. Like <laughs> you know, you have to look at the full scale of of what you know you're you're spending three thousand dollars, but. You, to get 5,500 back first year, like that's going to scale to thirty forty thousand $40,000, you know, over time with, refer, you know, yeah. uh, referrals and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where, you know, so many agents uh, don't, be, don't be short-sighted in that way. Yeah. So many agents ask the question, why do
1: carriers, why does every carrier just about eventually try to figure out some sort of direct model? Why do they try to do that? Right. Well, there's a lot of reasons for it, but I would say, um, you know, they, they all have their individual reasons. So then they, they say, well, you know, all the carriers, they always do pay-per-click. The reason when an insurance carrier looks at a pay-per-click campaign, they think about it differently than an independent agent. So an independent agent thinks, well, how much do I'm going to make at the end of the month, right? They just think about that first year commission. They forget about all the renewals. A carrier, when they do pay-per-click, they think lifetime value of that client. So they know if they get You know, and this is the sophistication of data, but, but, you know, agents can be very close to this as well. So they know if they get a home and auto package from a couple with credit scores above 675 in these certain areas, that client stays on the books for five years, which means the lifetime value of that client to them is 5,000 bucks, right? So then it becomes a, then it becomes a straight numbers game. How many? leads, do I have to push into our call center to close that couple? And is that amount of spend less than the amount that we make lifetime value of that customer? And it's a very, very simple equation. This doesn't have to be some very convoluted thing and has to be super scary. It's, it's literally that easy. What is the average home and auto package that stays on the books? Auto home umbrella. What's the average of that, right? So look at those things. Have a lifetime value calculation versus what you're spending. And even if you're losing a little on first year, but your lifetime value is 5x that, well, you're making a ton of money. And it's just stacking up on top of each other. I mean, that's why, you know, you look at people like, let's look at at the two fastest growing insurance agencies in the entire country. Insurion and commercial lines and Coverhound and personal lines. They are the two fastest growing non-acquisition based, right? So there are some other agencies that are going faster, but they're just buying up agencies. So books, we were not yeah. talking about ma- marketing. That, that's just a different That's a different way sure. of growing and nothing wrong with it. It's just different. So from a marketing standpoint, what are the two fastest growing independent insurance agencies in the country? Coverhound and Insurion. Um, Ace just put 33 million into, into Coverhound. So these guys know what they're doing. Does anybody have a guess at how they grow their business? Let's take a guess. Do you think that they're out pounding the streets and asking for referrals? <laughs> right, right. No, they yeah. are pumping Google full of paper click model and they're closing the business on the phone with human beings with the understanding that if we break even year one, we're making bank year two exactly. and year three and then we're stacking it up on top of each other. And then if we do a good job and we and we do have a good customer experience, then we can ask for referrals and grow our business that way as well. So you're growing vertically through PPC. You're growing horizontally through referrals and good customer experience. And you have an incredible business model. And um, it's really that simple. It, it doesn't have to be more convoluted than that. But it starts with simple things like thinking about your business from a business mindset, not an insurance agent mindset. Understanding where your business comes from, um, you know, understanding the margin between cost of acquisition and and uh, and revenue to the agency. Um, you know, there's some there's some concepts in there that you have to understand. But this stuff does not have to be as scary as we make it out to be. And any agent who listens to this and says to themselves that this stuff doesn't work, you are lying to yourself. It does. It. There is no today. There is no. Uh, questioning whether or not this works it's whether or not you know we and you know the proverbial we, whether we can capitalize on it and have the intestinal fortitude to push through learn these concepts and be successful it works across the board there's just no doubt
0: 100 percent, man and that's this is why I love, I love geeking out with you on this stuff man i mean we could talk about this for weeks on end man <laughs> yeah. uh, which kind of brings me to my next thing i know that we're you know you have some some uh stuff going on today as as do I. So let's kind of move into the second part of this where um, we, we said there would be a little bit of a announcement or whatever towards the end here. So I'll kind of uh back back down and let you uh, let you run with this and kind of tell the nice folks what's going on between uh yourself, trusted yeah. choice and and advisory evolved.
1: Yeah. So uh you know at, at, at trustedchoice dot com we, you know, we're involved with an Agency Nation as well. Our um, our, our digital public publication. We, uh, we have a lot of, you know, we, we get a lot of contacts from agents. We're always uh, about all kinds of different stuff, you know, websites, PPC, social, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, whenever I can find a vendor that um, I know will take care of people, I'm always happy to add them to the mix. And, uh, you know, just recently we signed a contract with Advisor Evolved and uh, to become one of our uh, preferred website vendors, and I'm just very happy about that because uh, I've done business with Chris. I know a lot of people that have uh, a couple of the agents that we that were mentioned on this show just today. Uh, Use Advisor Evolved, and um, you know I think what I like about it is it's 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 lightweight in terms of you're not buying some big proprietary system where if chris gets hit by a bus you now have to change your whole model right um which could happen down in jersey and the jersey shore where you hang <laughs> out all the time um so you know it um it, it's it's built on wordpress which i love and uh and your price points are great i mean it's it's i mean if if i'm an agent and, uh, and I, and I'm thinking I need a new website or I want to clean up my digital presence and, and really have someone who knows what they're talking about behind me. Um, you know, it, it was a no brainer. So I'm glad that we could come to an agreement and, uh, and, and, and you could become a preferred vendor. It's, it's, it's a great thing and I'm happy. And, you know, um, if I can have a buddy, uh, in there too, then, then it's all good. So it's, I think it'll be a, a good win-win
0: for sure, man. And anybody who's listening, you know, um, it, it it's, you know, this is something that I've not really talked about or or even mentioned to anybody, really. But um, you know, Advisor Evolved, the the concept has been around for three or four years. Like I came up with the idea a long time ago. Um, it was two, you know, until two years ago until I actually uh, like formed you know the actual business structure and had a business plan and those types of things. And so, um, I guess what I'm getting at is that you know, Advisor Evolved have been you know in business for close to two years now. I'm very much still I don't want to say in my infancy stage, but it, there's a lot of good things to come. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and and to be sort of a newer a newer player on the scene, and to already I think have a good uh, you know positioning and and be trusted by organizations like yourself and some other uh, other good organizations and associations and groups and stuff like that. Um, I think you know again not to toot, toot my own horn here, but like speaks to the quality and stuff of the platform and kind of what our direction is and where we're going. The other part of this too, is is that, you know, I was I'm in the business too. like, I speak the language of insurance, I speak the language of digital, just like you do. So you know, that's an important thing in my mind, I think there's a lot of people and and vendors in this space that, you know, they're software people, they're developers, you know, they're marketers, but they don't necessarily know our business, you know, so I think that's another sort of, you know, checkbox um, if you're comparing us against other people, but, but no, seriously, I, I, greatly appreciate, you know, the relationship and, uh, I think we're gonna do big things, man, together, uh, two, two good organizations. And, you know, th- bottom line is we care about agents. You know what I mean? We want you, we want agencies to be profitable and successful and everything we do, man, from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed is, is all about that mission. So yeah. I'm, I'm pumped, man, to be a part, you know, a vendor with you guys.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that last point completely. Um, for, you know, it's every little boy doesn't uh, dream of as a kid becoming an insurance marketer. But, uh, I will say that when I can find people who, um, who do care about doing what's right for agents, uh, I definitely gravitate to them. Um, my wife is an independent insurance agent. My, you know, my wife's entire family is part of this agency. I have another brother, brother-in-law who owns a renter's insurance business. And, um, and it just, uh, the independent insurance agency system is part of my life. It's, it's it literally think about uh, it every single day and how to make it better. Um, it's why I enjoy conversations like this. You know, uh, little tiny nuggets of information can come out and hit somebody just in the right way that they take action or they think about something differently or they test something. And, uh, and we just, I think we need more people just having open conversations about what it means to be an IA and how IAs are successful and right or wrong, agree or disagree. I think these type of conversations just get people thinking differently and get them thinking a little bit more about their business and, and how they can operate and uh, and what they actually want out of their business. You know what I mean? Not everybody wants to constantly be growing. You know, some people hit a certain point and they're perfectly fine. And and look, God bless you. I am not knocking that at all. Um But if you do want to grow, if you are trying to make it to the next level, if you do plan on being in this industry for 20, 25, 30 years, um, there are some realities today that are, um, unmistakable. Uh, and, um, you know, I think it's good that we have this conversation. So I'm glad that we've, that we've had a chance to hook up and have this conversation. I'm glad that we're, you know, we got a good partnership going. I'm looking forward to what that'll be. And, um, and we'll just continue going. So, uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. This is great.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no doubt. So episode eight of the Digital Advisor Podcast. You can check this podcast out on com forward slash podcast. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can catch us online. Um, there's an awesome little app that I use on my phone called Um actually I have to look yeah, it up. It's awesome <laughs> it's, app that, that I can't remember awesome. the name of it. It's not awesome. It's it's called uh Podcatcher, maybe. I think that's one of them. That's one of the podcasts. listening. Uh, Cass. I can't remember the name of it, man. Um, it's on my phone, but I renamed it. Um, Oh, that's weird. Well, I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in the show notes. (laughs) It's cool, though. It's um, (laughs) you you, it it syncs online, so you can open it up in your browser and subscribe Uh, to stuff there. It's it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, we're gonna sign off. This episode will be on our website. You'll probably see it on social as well. So. Can I put, uh, before we jump, can I put
1: one quick plug in for us? I'd love it if you guys checked out agencynation.com. It's our digital publication. You can learn all about what we do there. Um, you know, you can read Chris's stuff and then if you want to read something smart, you come over to Agency Nation and, uh, and we'll be-
0: <laughs> no, I, I appreciate see, everybody I and
1: uh, that's where you find out all about what we're doing. 95% of the stuff that you find there is free you can dive in tons of blog articles and, uh, and it's really just it's the gateway to what we're trying to do from an organization. Is, that's the front line so check out agencynation.com